P, the U, the R, the E, the B, the O, the Y, the S. It's Pure Boys. Hold up. It's Pure Boys. Yeah, I got two throats. The P, the U, the R, the E, the B, the O, the Y, the S. It's Pure Boys. Hold up. It's Pure Boys. Say what? What's up, Fudge Packers? Ciao, Fudge Packers. Welcome to Pure Boys Podcast. I'm Adam, and you're in. And I am Steve. And I just love when you say ciao, Fudge Packers, because it brings out the pepperoni salami in all of us, and it really gets this uh, show off to a great, great start. And it all starts out of the gate, and that's the real—that's uh, the real test of a good piece of content. Does it get started out of the gate? In our case, yes, of course it does. In our case, out of the gate, out of my nuts. This is all stuff we were talking about before we started recording. But bring it to the show. Yeah. Why not keep the energy alive? You know, this week, yeah, we're talking. When when the theme song first started, I was sure that they were going to spell out the name of the movie we were watching because this week we're watching the P the pen dragon sword of his <laughs> father 2008 <laughs> I really thought this movie was called the pen dragon chronicles because I think that's like a groovy like uh name for a movie but it's not it's just pen dragon well the I- last continues or something <laughs> yeah the pen dragon all out of continues <laughs> I'm I'm almost sure though that the Pendragon Chronicles is a thing. Like that's a book series or something like that. So you're probably not far off in thinking that it was real. It it just seems like the word that should follow Pendragon is Chronicles. I mean, we've said Pendragon so much already, and I couldn't tell you what that is. I don't even yeah. after watching this movie, I don't know what Pendragon means. I know who Pendulette is, and that's as close as I got. I almost looked it up because all I can think ah. of is a pen and a dragon, and those don't combine. Right? Yeah, more like Pen 15 Dragon, you know? I guess uh, I maybe guess. A, pe- a pen dragon is somebody with, like, really good writing skills, but also is a fierce warrior. Right, yeah, like a business in the street, freak in the sheets type of thing. That's a that's a medieval pen dragon. Which is what you want on the Isle of Britannia in 411 AD. I mean, I prefer 311 because amber's the color of my energy, but 411's fine too, I guess. Do you think that's where 311 got their name is that they saw the Pendragon and were like, let's take it down like one and uh, call ourselves 311? Probably not. Yeah, probably. I think they went into the future and they were like... Hey, Pendragon, sword of his father. We love this thing. A Burns Family Studios production? We should adopt all of the elements of our life. I mean, isn't 311 kind of a Christian band? (laughs) Don't they have, like, religious stuff in their music, too? They definitely have a lot of sunlight in their videos, and I Mm. think that's pretty godly. Yeah. But they wanted to twist it a little bit. They said, 411, that's information, so let's... Let's change it up a little bit. Right. 311, that's nothing. Yeah. That's the name of our band is what they ended up settling on. <laughs> that's nothing. That's the name of our band. Good news, everyone. 311 is nothing. So <laughs> no one's calling 311. Well, I mean, hopefully. Not yet. Well, hopefully they're calling them again. I hope that they get work. You know, making. Well, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that uh, they made 311 a thing. People are probably calling 311 on their phones all the time. Oh, and their phones are going like, look, this isn't how you connect with the band 311. You have to go through their management, and it's such a pain in the arse to get to them. You know, it's it's almost not worth it to get to them. But then when you do, well, then great. You're listening to Christian Stoner, reggae, whatever the hell they make. That's probably how uh, artificial intelligence and true AI got started Mm -hmm. was phones got sick of people typing in uh, 311 look it's not a thing stop phoning it (laughs) right and then the war between the uh, robots and humankind truly began this guy just watched the Matrix Resurrections and he's over here spouting off about the the upcoming robot war uh, (laughs) like he knows a thing I'm also watching Raised by Wolves, which is uh, 
kind of uh, based off of uh, penultimate war between the atheists and the <sighs> Christians. You were gonna say so I'm feeling like uh, Earth destruction and the end of humanity uh, is really what I'm about right now. Hey man, according to most of the people we follow on Twitter, the end times are here and their dinks couldn't be harder about it. So, you know, mm. just revel in the pure boys while you got them because once we get raptured and our pubes get taken up to heaven, there'll be no more new episodes because there's no podcasting in heaven. Sorry. Well, there is grace in God to live or die for him, so it doesn't really matter, and people just want destruction. They want nuclear wars, they want famine, they want to just, like, ride the wave of uh, destruction. Oh, yeah, we're both holding up, like, two shaka bra signs on our... We're just, like, hang loose all over the place, talking about the end of the world. We love that stuff. But hey, yeah. that's hey, hang loose. You know what? Everyone out in there in the world, just hang loose, all right? Just, you know, don't worry about what's going on in the news. Just hang loose like your boys Adam and Steve. Yeah, ride the wave, baby. Ride God's wave. Oh, yeah. Ride it right into the freaking ground. Because <laughs> <laughs> once you die, you get to go to heaven and hang out with us and jesus and the holy spirit you get to find that out so that's cool yeah and you get to and like we already know what we're getting into that's why we're so hang loose about it because we've already been there done that you know so now it's just a matter of like oh can everyone else like hurry up and catch up with us like gosh almighty do you think we have to hang out with uh, Neanderthals and uh, people of the Stone Age? Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, what happened to all those people that existed before the Bible existed? They just all went to hell, huh? Like, just that was it. Sorry. I've seen that... I've seen caveman skulls in real life. I've seen them. I've seen mm -hmm. real ones. So they existed. So then they all just went to hell, I guess. But maybe it's a trick of God. Maybe he put those skulls in the ground to make a big old funny like the dinosaurs see that's where i gotta stop you and, and correct you for a second there it's not a trick of god it's a trick of the devil the devil went out and he buried all those dinosaur bones and those neanderthal bones he had so the amount of work it took the devil to lay out the foundations of this prank which is dinosaurs and neanderthals it's it was such an undertaking he had such a crew backhoes he had to get permits it was just such a big deal in order to bury these dinosaur bones god made the devil and i'm assuming he was filing those permits to god so maybe that's what made him go mad right and that is the thing right the devil was kicked out of heaven because of all the bureaucracy around his giant project to bury dinosaur bones to trick people the devil is too sexy for heaven he's too much of an archaeologist for heaven oh, i guess a paleontologist sorry and they were just like we don't have room for this right now we got so much other stuff going on we gotta make sure people aren't jaying off so we don't have time to deal with dinosaur bones and under all that pressure that the devil was under he turned to peyote and he just kind of lost his mind mm. and uh, left left God. Exactly. And uh, none of that is discussed in Pendragon, Sword of His Father, 2008. <laughs> it is kind of, though. Like, it's the words between the words. Exactly. But before we get to any of that stuff, we're almost 10 minutes into this episode, and we haven't even done the Pure Boys Prayer yet. So let's all take a moment, put our hands together, and do the prayer. Art. God bless our podcast. God bless all podcasts. We love you. Amen. 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 Hey, amen. Good prayer. Yeah. One of our best. Well, great prayer. And that's going to shoot right to God's ears because we said amen. We pinched it off right at the end there. Yep. We didn't prairie dog our prayer like some of you do. We pinched it off. We flushed and sent it right up to God. Do you think a priest has ever said we pinched it off after <laughs> saying amen to his congregation? Like he just looks at everyone really proud. Hey, hey, great job, guys. We really pinched it off at the end there. <laughs> oh, oh, this is my favorite congregation. <laughs> he loves it. He loves yeah, it. I love it. That, that priest is John Lovitz, and he loves it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... Last week, you might have remembered that we watched an absolutely atrocious movie called A Murder of Innocence, and uh, I'd like to move past it and forget it as quickly as possible. So, Steve, I have a very important question to ask you. 
Holmst was the beggar Vance of a murder of innocence? Well, Adam, I almost called you Steve. It <laughs> 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 was crazy. I would have to say the beggar Vance of a murder of innocence was the murderer. Oh. Now, Adam, whoops did you think was the beggar Vance of a murder of innocence? Uh, thank you so much for asking, Steve. For me, the bagger I almost said the murderer of uh, Murder of Innocence. The bagger Vance of a Murder of Innocence was, of course, the murderer. Anyway, <laughs> you ready to move on to everyone's favorite segment of the week? The murderer of Bagger Vance. The Kevin Sorbo Tweet <laughs> of the Week. All right, let me just pull up my tab here on the internet. He's never ready. And... He knows it happens. He's never ready. I'm always ready, but I need to pull up my tabs. I use Google Chrome always for my uh, Twitter on my laptop, just so everybody knows out there. I don't know what version. Uh, I probably need to update, but uh, well, I'll get that to you next time. Okay, so the tweet today is currently living in the biggest I told you so moment our country has ever seen. This is coming to you from March 22nd at 1.01 p.m. Ooh, right on time. Just ate lunch, took a dump, sent a tweet. Yeah, he probably had a, like 20, 25 minutes to watch an episode of The Flintstones, as yep. he does every noon hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he took a dump and got this tweet out, which um, I don't know what he's referring to as far as the I told you so. Maybe he's thinking of his dump. I think so. Yeah, I think his like he ate something. Like there was, he found some leftovers in the fridge, and his wife was like, "Don't eat those. They're gonna make you dump." And he was like, "I'm gonna yeah. eat them anyway." And then now he's sitting on the toilet, going, "We're currently living through the biggest I told you so." Because I'm sitting here just <laughs> dumping out those chimichurro, chimichungas, or yeah. whatever. I'm just dumping them out. It's pretty much the surest thing that the human uh, being has to count on is that the food is going to turn into dump. For some reason, his wife didn't think that was going to happen. So I don't know what she was thinking or smoking, but uh, yeah, it, he was right. Yeah. And I told him. He was like, I found this five... We-, we got sushi last week, and I found a couple rolls in the back of the fridge. I'm going to turn these into dumps. And she was like, I guarantee you can't. And now he gets to sit there proudly on his throne and say, I told you so. Also, I'm having intestinal distress right now. What does she know that we don't know? That, like, does she think he's going to die before he's able to turn the food into dumps? Right. (laughs) Yeah, she's sharpening a knife and she says, you're not going to be able to turn that food into dumps fast enough, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) That is a bold thing to say for a killer. (laughs) Uh, I think if... (laughs) Out there... You know, use this. I'm almost positive I saw it in an episode of Hannibal where he, like, says that to someone right before he eats their face and he just, he serves them a delicious meal and then he goes, oh, you're not going to have time to turn this into a dump. Is that a good Hannibal impression? I've never seen Hannibal. Uh, you sounded like uh, one of those 007s. I can't remember which one, but one of them. Hopefully Timothy Dalton, the best 007. I think I heard uh, this from an episode of Murder, She Wrote, from one of the killers. <laughs> well, you, you did text me this morning saying you were watching Columbo, so maybe Columbo <laughs> yeah. said it to somebody, and they were like, that is that is not a veiled threat, Columbo. That's not really your job to threaten the witnesses or, or the criminals. Yeah, the dead body that's on the ground right now. <laughs> oh, it looks like they didn't have time to turn that meal into a dump. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great line for Columbo every episode? <laughs> yeah, th- that's how he starts every episode. Hey, Kev, great tweet. <laughs> great tweet. We love you. I was getting scared. We were coming up to the end there. Last 20 seconds of the song, yeah. I was getting nervous. Disgusting. Yeah, for sure. But I do agree that there should be a CSI. Like, much like how CSI Miami always started with a great phrase and then a scream, yeah. there should be a CSI, like CSI, I don't know, Miami. Moncton or something. Mm-hmm. And then the yeah, yeah the the chief of police is like, looks like they didn't have time to turn that meal into a dump. Wow! Do you see the meal? Do you see the meal that this person has? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do mostly restaurant-based crimes. Okay, so now we're getting to it. It's a restaurant-based crime show, uh, based in Moncton, and you have a very witty <laughs> uh, detective that says that line. 
Yeah, it's a spinoff from CSI Moncton called CSI Moncton Restaurant, like, edition or something. Yeah. Yeah. The food Wars something. <laughs> yeah, Food Wars. That's what it's called. It's just called Food Wars. And just These pe- restaurants are fighting for every inch. As they should. Can you imagine just how, you know, especially after the last two years, now there's this glut in the market and people just need to rush in and fill it. And it's vicious out there, you know? You, you can't get a business off the ground without rolling a couple heads. There's only so many mouths out there and so many people with wallets uh, enough to feed them. I can think of one. His name is Bam Wallets. <laughs> what a name. I've really turned around on that name. I thought it was disgusting in my mouth when I first heard it. And now it tastes like the sweetest wine. And that kind of sounds like uh, the tagline for Food Wars. I I think we should come out with a wine, a pure boy's wine, and it should be called Bam Wallets. Oh, okay. I mean, sure. Why not? Yeah. A pure boy's wine called Bam Wallets, not called like sacramental wine or something like that. No. Bam Wallets, wine not. Oh, hey, that's great. Yeah. What? (laughs) It's a white wine. I almost vomited. uh, It's a white wine, obviously. It's a delicious uh, white wine that tastes like church wine. mm -hmm. Every bottle comes with a, a few Eucharist crackers on it. And uh, so you got a little bit of crackers, you got your wine, you got your Bam Wallets reminder, and you're good to go. How about it's a white wine that turns red in your mouth? Oh, God. (laughs) How about it's a white wine that dyes the inside of your stomach and intestines red, so all your poop and pee is red when it comes out, but we don't tell people that, so people just panic the first time they drink our wine. Some kind of invisible beet juice. Exactly, yeah. Like beet juice that's activated by the heat of your body or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Heat, saliva, enzymes. There's a million things that activate in our uh, bodies when we drink white wine. There's a million things in our bodies, you could say. You could say that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the tagline for our Bam Wallets wine should be, you're not going to have time to turn this wine into dumps, I'll tell you that much. You're not? Mm Mm-mm. So is that a threat? Yep. To the person that's drinking the wine? Uh-huh. And But it's like a playful threat. And then when they go pee later <laughs> and it's bright red, they're going to be like, was I poisoned by this wine? No, no, no. It's just body heat activated beet juice. Dodoy. Yeah. Did you find that your pee turned red and your poop turned red? Turn over the label. And then that's when we explain it. Exactly. But you can't see. You have to drink the bottle of wine first. And then you look into the bottle and you can read the backside of the label that just says, like, don't even worry if you got red pee and poo after this. That's normal. It will be like that forever, though. It's not going to go away. That's how your body looks now. That's how your dumps and your pees look forever now. Oh, it shouldn't go away. It definitely shouldn't go away. I love that we have two beverages we've invented that both involve, like, dyeing something a certain color. <laughs> like, Thickwood was bright green, and it made everything mm. that you expelled green. And now we've got and Bam Wallets. And your Oh, that's what it was. It made your eyes green. And now we have Bam Wallets, which is a white wine that makes your poo and pee red. <laughs> the, the phrase, now we have Bam Wallets, and the rest of it was... Uh... <laughs> quite a weird sentence that's a good yeah it is quite a weird well not if you're a fan of the pure boys podcast (laughs) it's a great way to start our commercial absolutely hey this is only for fans of pure boys i don't know what that is so i guess i'm turning this off shut up exactly if you don't know who we are shut up how's that sound thank you you're welcome that's how we should start our next theme song maybe what shut up yeah (laughs) Well, no need to shut up this week because we're watching <laughs> 2008's Pendragon, Sword of His Father, a a title that rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. I was so excited for this movie because Pure Flix has done an edit. Yes. Uh, this movie has a plethora of different runtimes online, and that made us very curious. The most consistent one I've found is that this movie, when it was released, is 111 minutes long, meaning it's like an hour and 51 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's like okay. most most of the runtimes I saw on IMDb, on Wikipedia, on other, which is Googling it when it came up on Google, it all said an, an hour and 51 minutes. Cut to 
us looking it up on Pure Flix, and the runtime of this movie, and I can confirm this because I watched the whole thing, is an hour and 21 minutes. And even with that, this movie is only an hour and 12 minutes long because mm-hmm. there's stuff at the start and there's stuff at the end. And so what is this movie? How They trimmed 30, 40 minutes out of this movie, apparently? I It's crazy. What does it mean when it was released? Did this get any release on any platform no, form no. or DVD or well, theater? Yeah. Or no. was it show, shown at the church? It was shown at the church. Uh, it was filmed and stars a bunch of volunteers. And mm-hmm. it it didn't... It got, like, that kind of distribution where it's just, like, DVD release. Shown in small places. They paid a theater to show it... No, no, sorry, no. I'm thinking of... Okay, full disclosure... The people who made this movie, this was the movie that that group of people made before they made Beyond, Behind the Mask. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. Beyond the Beyond the Mask. Beyond, <laughs> behind the Beyond the Mask, and mm-hmm. uh, which is my uh, my favorite sequel to The Mask. And it uh, so that movie came out in like 2015. Pendragon came out in 2008. And so that's why we watched this one because there's that connection with Behind the Mask or Beyond the Mask yeah. or whatever the hell that one was called. And Beyond the Mask uh, was fun. It was it was a weird movie. It, it was uh, what do you call it when it takes place in, during a specific time? Uh, a period piece. A period piece. There was definitely pieces all over the place. Oh yeah, and yeah. Th- so that's the one where like uh, a guy tries to it's during like the American Revolution and a guy becomes like a superhero like a Zorro type superhero in order to stop John Reese Davies from blowing up uh like Washington and killing Ben Frankman and other people I just remember a lot of people jumping through windows yes which uh definitely translates uh to this Pendragon movie because the action scenes are muy caliente. <sighs> this movie is an hour and 12 minutes long, and probably 48 minutes of it is just the most boring action scenes you've ever seen. I was surprised, actually, because this movie starts with the producer, uh, director, and, well, just two of them, but uh, the lead actor of this movie. Yes. And they're... Telling the audience that they made this, uh, you know, film during their early college years. It's basically a student film, and I was I was looking forward to the worst. And I thought the uh, beginning action scenes were actually kind of competent for like a student film. It's weird that that is included. Like it's weird that there's a thing at the start of the movie where Dr. Chad Burns and Aaron Burns. Uh, the the people who made this movie and who made Behind the Mask or Beyond the Mask, uh, that they just come out and, like, temper your expectations. <laughs> like, that's what they're there for, to be like, hey, this isn't a very good movie. We tried our best, but, like, and we had a lot of fun doing it, but just a heads up, it's really cheap, it's really, it's a bad movie, so, but thanks for buying the DVD. Also, check out the special features. That's also a weird thing, is that they plug the special features in this streaming version of it, so it's clear they just took, like, the DVD re-release of it and went, yeah, put the, put it in there. Should we edit out the part that doesn't relate to anything? Nah, I'll keep it in. It's fine. Shut up. <laughs> Should we take out all the scenes that give you t- context to the story and everything? Nah, let's just d- dub it over uh, with um, exposition from a voiceover actress. <laughs> Who is probably, like, the mother of the Burns family because literally every single person in this movie with any kind of role other than, like, the love interest, kind of, is a member of the Burns clan. Like, this is a family film, and I mean made by a family. It's a beautiful thing to see them all together. And multiple families. If you watch the credits of this thing, there are probably, like, ten large Christian families that uh, really had the ha- their hands in this pie. Oh, yeah. Most of them burns. Some of them <laughs> yeah. not, but most of them burns. The, the burns, I did a little bit of research on them because I got curious. And in the five minutes I spent researching the Burns family, I missed so much of this movie. Like, there is a chunk in the middle that moves at such a breakneck pace that I looked away for a minute to research <clears throat> Dr. Chad Burns. And when I looked back, 
the entire movie had changed and I did not know what I missed. It's like, wait, what? This person's dead and now this person's in charge and this person's... What the hell happened in that time? But anyway. I was really hoping that you watched this part because I too missed this. I got up (laughs) and I got myself a slice of toast and I was like, ah, I won't miss too much. You know, I I have the audio going. I can listen to what's going on. Mm. And I get back and it's just like, gone ahead in the plot to a point where it's a new movie yeah so much and like there's a there's a character who is now the main villain who i've never seen before and we're 40 minutes into this 35 minute movie and i just who the hell what's going what happened here so i guess the lesson from today's watch is make sure you watch a movie they made it so the least you can do is watch every single frame of it and listen to every single sound of it but if you do miss anything, don't go back and watch no, it. No. That's dumb. That's not how they intended you to watch it, to jump back? No, you watch it in order. You don't jump back. You watch the whole thing. You did not like the intro uh, fight scene that lasts for, what, 20 minutes? 20 minutes. minutes? Literally 20 minutes, yeah. I. The first thing I didn't like is that this, <laughs> <laughs> this opening chat with dr chad and his and his cousin aaron does not explain why they cut 40 minutes out of this movie like doesn't doesn't go into that at all it's just them being like hey please be gentle we did we know this movie sucks so but you've already paid us your money so thank you for the money but also you're we totally hosed you this is a bad movie enjoy i guess praise god they couldn't even say anything positive about the movie. All they can say is that they enjoyed uh, looking back at the time <laughs> of making it. Yeah. That's all they can say. Watching this movie to them is a reminder of the fun they had making the movie. And that's yeah. the best thing they could say about it. But that doesn't help me because I didn't make this movie. And I don't have any memories attached to that. Yeah. All you're doing is uh, twiddling your thumbs and uh, not getting sucked into the experience at all. It's like uh, eating bland ice cream, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? I, I do love that they say that like they feel like their family was called to like make things, to like make movies, to spread the word of God. And I love that they're like, yeah, the, God called us to make this. And then watching it, I went, oh, he called you to make this bad movie that everyone universally hates? <laughs> Like, I guess, I guess mission accomplished. If that was your mission, you did great. Well, God calls us to do a lot of things. And sometimes it just, like, doesn't make sense whatsoever. But failures can lead to successes. And this was a huge failure. Yeah, and it led to the huge success of Beyond or Behind the Mask. Yeah. A movie well, that, at least we got Beyond the Mask out of this. Mm-hmm. A movie that was released theatrically for one day in like a handful of cinemas. So, <laughs> I also feel like there are touches of uh, like, I don't know, um, good CGI. Not good Not CGI, wrong, but wrong. like... <laughs> CGI, I certainly. Feel, I feel like if me... Uh, my friends and my family and community tried to make a movie when I was 19. It it wouldn't look half as good as this, and it wouldn't be as good as this. But the difference is, is that all you need to do to make a movie look like this is get a decent camera. Like that's yeah. all you have to do is get a decent camera, learn a little bit about color correction and how to like tweak settings once you start editing it, and then you can make a movie look as professional as this one does certainly so it's not like they pulled off some impossible feat here they just bought a good camera that's all they did their church bought them a good camera for sure Mm -hmm. they had some good lighting i think their shots were okay their audio obviously was garbage uh yes Uh, you know what here is i have some praise for this movie genuine praise the sets were awesome like yeah. So much so that I went, well, this they had to have filmed at like a Renaissance fair or something like that. Like the, how put together everything is and how detailed all the like villages and castles, like all those sets, they all look pretty good. I got to give it up to God and then give it up to the Burns brothers for this one. Um, that's, that's where the compliments I end. That's what I really liked about the first couple of scenes is that like 
they must have put in some real work to create that first village and that yeah. first war scene. All the set pieces, all the people, all the gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would take a lot of work. And then the like the main city with all the brick uh, stuff. They they shot it in a good place that fit the film. But then the rest of the film is uh, filled in like a like a uh, forest gutter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the sets and costumes are good until you meet the king and he's just wearing like like bat catcher gear that has leather strapped over it. But it literally is just like a bat catcher's like chest piece and shoulder pads and you can see it underneath the leather. Like it's just not uh it, you know things kind of gets a little loose near the end. Played by Father Burns, I believe, the the elder of the family. The second I saw him, I went, that has to be the patriarch of the Burns clan because he's A, very handsome, and B, just commands authority and respect. Um, A little bit more about the Burns family. They are a huge clan of homeschoolers. Their whole thing is they just homeschool their kids. So all their kids are weird. The only friends their kids have are cousins and family who are also homeschooled. And every Christmas, the family would like all get to a huge clan of family would all get together and they would work on like a project together. That would be their like thing that they do at Christmas time. And this movie spun out of like that creative process essentially like the reason they made this movie is because they'd already made a bunch of stuff together just for their own personal use and they went hey we can do that we can make a movie good for them because all my family did was get drunk and watch curling which is great (laughs) and the food was good the mashed potatoes oh my word but these guys obviously had terrible mashed potatoes yeah but created good projects Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, they, they spent less time focusing on the mashed potatoes and more time on perfecting the craft of buying a good camera. But they, the Burns family did uh, do the craft services, so maybe they did food good, too. Maybe they did, or maybe it's just bad, and they're just used yeah. to eating it. And they're like, well, this is what Dad makes, so I guess this is what we eat. This is They picked up uh, Taco Bell and made bad mashed potatoes. Oh, that sounds good. They they went to a KFC Taco Bell mixture and they bought Taco Bell for the main dish and KFC potatoes for the side dish. And that's just water and dried potato that they mixed together. I want a Taco Bell. I I hate to get out of this podcast and I hate to like, you know, interrupt our flow, but man, do I just want a Taco Bell. Well, we don't have them. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Haiti doesn't have them. I want to have them. The other thing I loved about this movie is that the main character, a.k.a. Artos, a.k.a. the Pendragon, uh, just has, like, hockey hair the whole movie. Like, just has, like, mm-hmm. a douchey bro's hockey hair, and I love it. I just think that's uh, a nice little, like, oh, 2007, presumably. Yep, that that's, fits the time for sure. Honestly, I think it looks better on him than his buzz cut that he has now. He looks like such a small dweeb with his buzz cut. Buzz cut. Get some hockey hair. Get that mane flowing. He looks like such a prince among men. <laughs> Beautiful curly mane. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I uh, ever went back to men, he would be the man I would let uh, squinch my cushy spine. Hmm. Interesting. Well, hey. Well, now we know. Put it on the list. Someone call up uh, Aaron Burns. We've got uh, cushy spine for him. Well, I think that's going to be the title of my autobiography is My Cushy Spine, The <laughs> Legacy. Beautiful. The Legacy. The Chronicles. <laughs> the Cushy Spine Chronicles. The Cushy Spine Chronicles. <laughs> See, this is why you need to work things. You can't always get it on the first go. You need somebody to have your back, and you need to work things. Sometimes you do, though. Sometimes you need a punch-up. You know, it's whatever you need, right? Yeah, exactly. Hey, the sunrise reminds us that God's mercies are renewed, all right? That's what I took away from this whole movie. Uh, There's a lot of God talk, a lot of, like, uh, you know, whip barbarians or don't whip them. I don't know. but (laughs) I mean, if you're a barbarian, whip. If you're not a barbarian, don't whip. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're not talking about cool whip. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, we are not. Uh, This movie is super violent. People... (laughs) Just getting killed, yeah. getting shot with arrows mm-hmm. constantly, and getting stabbed and killed. And see, 
I was shocked to see that because I figured that that's what was going to be edited out of the movie is like all the violence. Like they'd show fight scenes, but they'd be like quick montages of just like swords clanging. But no, they edited out the story and kept all the fight scenes (laughs) that without a story around them are just fight scenes for no reason. I loved it. There is an explicit warning at the beginning, dripping with blood and a lot of (laughs) thing, thing. Uh-huh. Like swords coming across the screen. Um, but uh, I really wasn't ready for all uh, the battling and violence and the bomb throwing. And... <laughs> yeah. Bombs filled with urm from the looks of it. <laughs> yeah. I love how they expressly show the urm. That you got to show the urm. Oh, if you're going to have a barrel full of urm, you got to show it leaking into the river. You got to show it. It. That's like, a- it looks exactly like Erm. <laughs> like watching it, I went, oh, the barrel. Oh, no, somebody spilled the barrel of Erm. Oh, no. <laughs> what will Caden do? <laughs> They're going to blow up a barrel of Erm? I guess that'll explode. Do I... they Do they think that's going to get the woman pregnant if they blow up a barrel of Erm next to her and that's their plan? Maybe it was meant to deter young males from masturbating. Right. If you, if you, if you keep tugging your Erm sack like that... Well, then one day the Saxons are going to be at your door and they're going to kill your dad and and take you into custody. Yeah, and it's explosive. So you don't want to erm all over your uh, brand new socks and then have them explode in your room. Oh, my God. No way. How embarrassing. You'd be so you'd feel shame. (laughs) Not my erm. No, no, my erm. Dad, that's my erm barrel. The urm killed my father. Of course, yeah. Well, he took a big swig of it before you could... Like, he's drinking from the barrel, and his son is running across the battlefield in slow motion going, Oh, no, that's my urm! But too late, and he pulls the barrel down, and he smiles and licks his lips in slow motion, and then... oh, And the son runs up and goes, Dad, you're not going to have time to turn that urm into dumps! You're going to die, Dad! (laughs) Yeah, because the kids don't know. And what they don't know won't hurt them, unless it's Erm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless it's learning about Jesus Christ's love and sacrifice, in which case they'll go to hell. I wasn't too shocked with the sword fighting and the killing and the axes in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Cowardly. I was shocked uh, about in the violence was the whipping. The whipping was very real. Oh, but whipping is like the Bible's favorite. They love a good <laughs> whipping. Oh, it's so godly to whip someone. Oh, my God. Just imagine it. Oh. Do you think when they showed this movie uh, at their big stadium church mm-hmm. uh, on the big screens, mm-hmm. people were just hooting and hollering at the whipping? Oh, yeah, yeah. They The whole crowd was just like going, whip, 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 whip. <laughs> like they were loving it. They, In fact, when the movie was done, the biggest note that they got, the feedback was like, more whipping, please. Can we watch <laughs> the whipping scenes again? We love that stuff. More whipping. Some lady in some old lady in the background uh, said nay nay at uh, the exact right time, and everybody had a big big laugh. Oh yeah, and then she was whipped for speaking during the movie. <laughs> People loved it. And then they ate bad uh, mashed potatoes at the end. Oh yeah, and they drank that like orange uh, orange juice that you would get at church, whatever that was like peach or something. It was terrible. I love that drink. Uh, I could uh, slurp on that uh, watered-down peach drink oh, all day. Yeah. There's a there's a donut shop near my house that sells that peach drink, like, as a fountain drink. And I, I got it on a whim one day, not knowing that that's what it was. And I sipped it, and, like, my pupils dilated. And I just rushed back to the church that I went to and was like, Oh, I remember! Father Tony, thank you for the juice! That's one of my wife's favorite things is to go to that place and get a beautiful uh, chicken salad sandwich and a peach uh, juice. It does have a little bit more sugar than you would get at a church. Yeah. But it it really takes you back to that uh, powdered drink. I mean, it's the version I would have liked to be drinking back then. Like, in drinking Mm -hmm. the church version, I went, I wish that I was drinking the future version that I would eventually be drinking because it's the proper amount of sweetness to juice ratio. The discount uh, theater also has that uh, peach drink. Really? And uh, it's really lovely to uh, mix it with some 7-Up. Get a little oh. bubbles in there, a little bit more sugar. That sounds mm. great. Well, when I go see Marry Me next week, I'll uh, have to pick up a peach drink. Marry me. Oh, marry me. Marry me. <laughs> 
Can't wait. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, get out of here. That's a dream pairing. I don't know why, but I was still waiting for a big name to pop up in this movie. I thought we were going to see like a J-Lo or Owen Wilson type <laughs> person near yeah, the end of this yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, The patriarch, King Ambrosius is his name. <laughs> that is his name. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. is his name. Uh -huh. It's very funny to me. Mm -hmm. I thought... I thought... Go ahead. I thought that was his daughter for like the longest part of the film. I thought they were referring to Ambrosia or Ambrosius as the daughter of the king. Oh, no, 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 sir. No, <laughs> that's the king, baby. Although it wasn't my uh, favorite name of this movie, I think my favorite name, just for its simplicity and uh, nailing the character, was Brotus. Uh, you gotta have a Brotus in a film. Brotus? Yeah, he was the broy character. <laughs> uh, the doofus uh, man guy that's just like lapping up uh, Artas's uh, urn, as uh, to say it very crudely. I was I I don't remember who that is. <laughs> I don't I don't remember that character you're describing at all. He's like he's lackey. It's it's not the guy. He has a the lackey. The guy that <laughs> ish. I mean, he's only in like a couple of scenes for like three seconds, and I I hope he died. I didn't pay attention enough <laughs> at the end of this movie to see if he actually died or not. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, Brotus. Fair enough. I I was convinced that King Ambrosius was Michael Pare when I first saw him. I was very excited. I thought, oh, Michael Pare is in this movie? That's a get for a Christian movie. Michael Par Frank D'Angelo alum, Michael Pare? It's not. It's just a handsome older man who looks like Michael Pare. So, easy mistake to yeah, make. For a dumb beatnik uh, like myself, who is, whomst is Michael Pare? Oh, Michael Pare, you might remember as the young, handsome star of Streets of Fire from back in the day. And now he was all poised to be the next big thing. And instead, he just makes B and C and D level movies, mostly C and D level movies that are just terrible, low budget garbage. He is best buddies with uh, my my love, Frank D'Angelo. And he's also in all of Frank D'Angelo's movies. And also he's like a real, real jackass from the sounds of it. He's a real, real hardcore. He's a real Kevin Sorbo, you know? I bet those two would get along thick as thieves. Well, I would rather be a jackass in California than a uh, rich wise man in uh new york shitty yeah oh got him roasted him get out of here new york city although we appreciate all our listeners there we love you so much put us on in the park and let the crazies listen well please put us up when we travel to new york uh we want to sleep on your couches we want to do a live feed from your couches. Mm -hmm. We know your rent is more than ours. You don't have to tell us. <laughs> Stop emailing us to tell us how much your rent is. We can't help you. We're saving our money to get a Heller Method course. Man, here's the beautiful thing about the online Heller Method. We only have to pay for one class of it. And then you just come over to my house and we just watch it to get... We, the camera turns on and there's two of us there. What's Brad Heller going to do? Nothing. We got him at that point. How much is an ep – there's an online version of this course? Because I want yeah. to go down to California. Well, I want to go to California too, but, I mean, we could also just take the online version and then only <laughs> pay for it once and not have to pay for the trip to California, and then you could just come over to my house and we just watch it on the same screen. What is the dollar amount? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. Because if it's a, under, like, a grand, I'm in. I will just bankroll this – as quick as possible. All right. Well, if you're bankrolling it, let's see. The Heller method. Let me just look this up real quick. Everyone, enjoy yeah. this moment here. Just, you know, while we look this up, uh, the Secret so, Rose Theater. So if you're at home right now, uh, take a moment to yourself, put your hands together, and think about the warmest, sunniest day that you've ever experienced. And just lap in the joy of knowing that God created this for you. Mm -hmm. I can't find how much it is. <laughs> Doesn't oh, okay. say on their website. Doesn't say. It just says how to sign up for it. So you probably have to 
express interest and then they hit you with the cost and you go <laughs> oh god i'm not interested anymore i'm sorry sorry brad i'm not interested has that ever worked on anybody where you don't know the cost and then you ask them the cost and they say like some exorbitant amount of money and you're like yeah i'm still interested well i, I mean it works for my wife's business <laughs> i'll tell you that much <laughs> it works very well for my <laughs> wife's business <laughs> Yeah, but we other than that, need to cut that, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we'll cut all this. We'll cut this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, but what we're not going to cut is the new beautiful prayer that we learn, which is, "Oh Lord, teach our hands to make war," which just oh beautiful prayer. God, straight to God's ears. Even though he didn't say Amen at the end, just went straight to God's ears. And he's like, you know what? I love killing. I love war. I told you not to do it, but I love it. So I'll teach your hands to make war. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it seems to uh, me that people of the Christian faith um, say they're very nice, but like a lot of death and destruction and oh, terrible things love because it. God, it's God's plan. Yeah, well, yeah, anything can be justified by God's plan. That's the beauty of God's plan. God might not have a, God not only has a plan for your days, but also for your life. Hi, kitty. Oh, there's a kitty. There is a kitty. God brought me this kitty, and I love the ever-bejesus out of this thing. Oh, Lord, you've given me a cat. <laughs> Truly has. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I thank uh, the Lord every day. As you should. And oh. What's your cat's name? Zed. Zed. Yeah. Well, Zed's very handsome or pretty. I, I don't. It's, you didn't show me their back end, so I couldn't tell you what kind of Jennies they got. Oh, uh, do you want to see? Sure. <laughs> I'm going to assume your cat's gender, and I hope that's okay. Uh oh, a little girl cat. Okay, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good for the listeners. The listeners don't get to see a cat's vagina, but I just did, so I can tell you confidently that that's a girl cat. Uh, it's pronounced vagina. <laughs> I remember a mutual friend of ours. I mean, maybe not so much your friend, but a friend of like that. Whatever, we all know this person. He got a couple mm -hmm. of cats, and he or he had one cat, and he was telling me, oh, this like. This, this girl cat, this girl, she's a little girl, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that cat has, like, fat nuts. <laughs> like, that's not a female <laughs> cat, man. That's a male cat. He's like, how can you tell? I'm like, because of the fat nuts on it. What are you talking about? <laughs> what, did they think it was just glandular, like a like a piece of um, I'm convinced they never steak? looked. I'm convinced they never looked. They didn't bother yeah. checking. They just It was a stray cat that they took into their home, and they're just like, yep, yeah, it's a beautiful girl. Okay, sure. Why not? Because of the facial features. Yeah, because of all the eye makeup that she put on. Make up your cats, everybody. They love it. <laughs> they love much like, I mean, I will say people drawing eyebrows on their dogs is great. That I can get on board with. That's very funny because uh, mm -hmm. no harm done. And now your dog is very more expressive. But makeup on your cats. I mean, as long as you give them a nice, beautiful, smoky cat eye, you're good to go. Yeah, smoky cat eye. That's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. It comes from a cat's eye. Um, and the legend of the Pendragon grows. <laughs> As does his ranks, you know? <laughs> People love the Pendragon. They volunteer for his army. Also, what's the Pendragon? Like, was there a line at the start where his dad was called the Pendragon? And then he yes. keeps going like, oh, I'm son of the Pendragon. His father is the Pendragon. Uh, the King of Britain knows of the Pendragon. And they fought in other wars and battles previously. Uh, but his father comes to his demise at uh, the first battle. Very selfish death, I would Ugh. have to say, by the Pendragon. Well, so wait a minute. Does he say in the start, like, I know the king, King Ambrosius, says that he knows who the Pendragon is. But at the start, in the first 20 minutes, is it ever mentioned that he is the Pendragon? I don't remember that being said at all until Ambrosius says it 30 minutes into this hour and 20 minute movie. Yeah, I believe the Barbarian calls him the Pendragon. Oh. A bunch of other people call him the Pendragon. Right, he I... calls himself the Pendragon. Damn. Like, it's written on his <laughs> chest. Oh, wow. See, that's a bad idea of when you go into battle, though, because everyone knows who the Pendragon is, and they're going to be gunning for the Pendragon. But if you just, if you stop running your mouth about it, maybe you would have survived the battle. Well, there's a fine balance between striking fear in your enemy's uh, soul by the knowledge that you're facing the Pendragon because he's good at writing. Uh-huh. Um, but um, also, you want to be alive for your family. 
um, it, it's a tough balance. For sure it is, absolutely. You know, it's especially tough when after your whole village gets destroyed and your life is completely annihilated and you run away from the barbarians and you're rescued by some jabroni and he goes, ah, oh, you know, this is all part of God's plan. And you go, well, were you... Was your life destroyed by Saxons? Oh, no, I've had a great life. But let me tell you all about how God's plan for your life, buddy. How's that sound? <laughs> I thought that guy was really cool. Yeah, and he pops in a couple of times, but it's not really explained who he is, or maybe nope. we just didn't watch. No, he. it is not explained who he is. It's not. Yeah. He, he, he's, and he only pops in once, I think. I only remember him from that one scene. He comes in a little bit later, too, but it's not. It's, again, another scene where he just, like, pops in. And they must have cut he, 30 minutes from that scene. This movie could use, I hate to say it, but this movie could use another edit. Edit it down to like 45 minutes, put it out as an, as an hour-long TV special. Done. An episode of Murder, She Wrote, and then you're done. It looked like an episode of Young Hercules, and that's a compliment. I I got a lot of Hercules vibes from this, but I, I, I think that was just a budget thing and uh, it happening in the woods thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And and in, like, you know, run-down ramshackle towns. Wouldn't it suck to be living in that time and yeah. you're just, like, a kid or a maiden or something and these barbarians are coming and you're just like, well, I guess they're just going to rape and pillage our town. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, the girl at the start is like, this is the day our childhood ended. And it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're, like, seven, six? <laughs> Like, yeah. wow, you didn't really, you didn't have a shot at all. No shot at all. At least the guys get to go out and fight and have their glory and everything. Yep. But as like, just like a stupid villager, maybe you're like a, like a comedian that's going from village to village. You're just, you're just going to get uh, raped and murdered. <laughs> hey, that's just how it goes sometimes, you know? Yeah. That's, uh, the, that's what God god gives that's god's plan though that's the, that's the great thing about god's plan is that it's ever changing back in the old days it was i want everyone to just suffer and die horribly and now it's like i want you to suffer for a lot longer and sometimes die horribly but maybe you won't die as horribly but you're certainly going to suffer a lot longer how's that sound it makes it apparent that religion and these rules were created uh so that rich people could go upon their wars and kill and murder a bunch of people. And then the people are just like, yeah, well, I guess it's God's plan. Yeah. Just go for it. Yeah, just go with it. My favorite Alec Baldwin movie. <laughs> it's complicated. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's not called Just Go With It. <laughs> there is, there's got to be a movie called Just Go With It, though. I'm going to look that yeah, up. Yeah. The... <laughs> Alec Baldwin, that's probably the sequel to It's Complicated is Just Go With It. Yeah. Or a prequel. <laughs> you know what? Just go with it, man. Oh, no. <laughs> there is a movie called Just Go With It. It stars Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. So I was way off the mark. Really? It's called Just Go With It. Just go with it. Whatever, man. Just let it happen is what it's called. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. No. <laughs> uh, about halfway through my notes, I have this note. Damn, I shouldn't have looked away. The king is dead and his daughter is exiled. And who's this guy who orchestrated it? Missed so much in five minutes somehow. Well, there was definitely like 30 more minutes of this movie right at the middle mm -hmm. that they just decided to take out and um, have a woman explain what happened. But that happens within like 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah, I just, I was so lost. <laughs> and like, and you're, and... Even at the end, when it, like everything works out and people are getting killed and the right people are getting killed, I should say. Yes. And uh, it's just like I I don't care. I don't know who these people are, and I don't care because like the movie didn't take enough time to show us why we should care. When we watched Samson, we got lots of scenes of Billy Zane and uh, and uh, the the guy from Twilight just chatting, getting you know we're getting to know the villains. We have some, we understand their motivations a little bit more. This one was just like, ah, Caden's just a dick, huh? Okay, well, I guess that's who Caden is. Caden. <laughs> well, Caden, ugh, for sure. Oh, yeah. But you're probably sitting there as the listener, just like your hands clenched <laughs> and mad at us for not paying 100% attention to this movie. And all I have to say to that is shut up. Shut up. You watch it. You buy the DVD and watch it. And wonder where that extra 40 minutes went. You watch it and figure it out. Well, I the I want the extended cut 
out of this movie. Me too. I want to see what happens in the middle of this film, and I want to see that beautiful princess uh, get hers. Yeah, oh, I want to see the Snyder cut of Pendragon's Sword of His Father. I want Zack Snyder to come and recut this whole movie, please. He'd probably do it. He's got enough money. Yeah, he's got time. What does he care? What's he doing now? Working on some Army of the Dead crap? I don't know. That movie sucked, so I don't want to see any more of that universe. I want to see more of the Pendragon universe. Yeah, he's probably sitting on a beach somewhere in Mexico just laughing at all the people that are a different color than him. (laughs) Well, that's making some assumptions about Zack Snyder, but... Yeah, a lot of assumptions. I don't know this person whatsoever. I've never seen any of his movies, but I think he's a racist. Well, I tell you this. He definitely loves the beach. Yeah, he definitely loves it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So say we all. Oh, uh, God's plan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, Pendragon, there's a battle. The Pendragon makes a deal with Caden and then, like, yeah. is immediately betrayed and is, like, shocked that he's been betrayed by this guy who killed the king. It's like, yeah. oh, you thought you could just trust this guy and he was going to honor his word that he was going to send an army to help you? Uh, I guess he didn't. Turns out he's not a man of his word, just like we thought. Well, he kills the king, and then he brokers a peace just to lure the Pendragon in. And then he double-crosses him, and, but the Pendragon wins. Is he he just, comes out of the fire. Is he just jealous of the Pendragon? I think he's pretty jelly. At the beginning of the movie, he's like this hard a-hole, but he he's a good fighter for the king. Uh, and then he just turns evil. Uh, throughout the movie, I guess. And you say at the start of this movie, but you're talking like 40 minutes into this movie when the king is introduced yeah. and that stuff. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I just want to make sure I after, didn't miss him at the start. After like 30 minutes of fighting and war, I honestly thought that the movie might just be that intro battle and it would just last for an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> and the whole movie is just the siege of Pendragon's village. Not a bad idea. Would kind of be an interesting idea for a movie, kind of like uh, Assault on Precinct 13 or whatever the hell that movie's called. The Last Samurai. I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming that's what happens in The Last Samurai. I love The Last Samurai. Legitimately love that movie. I think it's great. Yeah, well, I'm a sucker for, like, samurai fiction. I like that stuff, so... This movie, uh, wrong part of the world for me. I uh, A little further south, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I think this movie should have gone downtown, you know? Southeast. Hey. Isn't it weird that, like, it's called going downtown? <laughs> That's a weird way to phrase, like, what you're doing to somebody, right? I say it every time, though. <laughs> yeah. While your wife is making dinner, you go, would you like me to go downtown? I don't even know why I'm saying it anymore. It's just, like, a part of the script that happens when we, you know, do whoopee. Right. The courtship dance, you know? I'm going downtown, and I, I say it very blasé. Yeah, like as if you're just running down to the corner store. Uh, yeah. I'm going downtown. I'll be back in 10 minutes. She goes, <laughs> better take you more than that. And you go, what? Don't forget right. the nuts. <laughs> Which is a weird thing for her to say. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Or him. For Or him. Yeah, whatever. Either way, your mouth is tired by the end of it. Boy, howdy. I'm oh. glad I don't have a job that wears out my mouth. Because then I'd come home and I'd have nothing for my wife. Yeah, you'd have a, oh, the underside of your tongue is just raw from rubbing your teeth. You're just like, is this worth it? Is this even worth it? (laughs) Yeah. Like priests or stand-up comedians or radio disc jockeys, you're not going to get a lot of uh, oral pleasure out of those guys. No, certainly not. Are you kidding? They're the most selfish lovers imaginable. They They don't have the stamina. And you'd think they would after being hosting Rick D's in their weekly top 40 for 40 years. You'd think he'd have the stamina to go downtown, but he's just old and tired at this point. He just doesn't have it. Yeah, well, you you don't want to do an episode of Rick D's in your wife's pussy. (laughs) You don't want to do a... (laughs) There's just an episode of Rick D's where he just flubs... He just flubs a bunch of names. He's slurring his words, and everyone's like, are you drunk, Rick? And he's like, nah, I just was going downtown on my wife. Uh, I'm tired. My mouth is tired. Can't move my tongue the way I'd like to. Yeah, yeah. He's very apologetic, but, like, very, like, slurry because he's his mouth is so tired. Yeah, his tongue is exhausted. The tongue Doing is a muscle. Duty. <laughs> I gotta go downtown. When, I go, when I'm done with this, I gotta go downtown. I don't think I have it in me. 
And this uh, does not relate to the movie, but I think sure it was does. a fun, uh, you know, side note. Of course, yeah, yeah. Are you telling me that Pendragon's not going to go downtown on the princess? Ridiculous. It's. I thought that she was a Burns because they they don't show enough affection to one another like they should. Like they should be all over each other's bodies. Yeah, he gives her an affectionate hug at one point. Yeah. And that's that's as close as it got. The, like as soon as she was introduced into the movie, and like it was clear that she was going to be a love interest, I looked her up to be like, is she his cousin or sister? And then, unless she got married and changed her last name, it looks like she's not. So I think they managed to avoid that. But there is also a chance that she did get married and change her last name, and she might be related to Aaron Burns. I guess we'll see. I yeah, we'll definitely see. We got to find that out for sure. Yeah. Uh, it. It's so weird, though, these Christian films, they shy away from sexuality so much to the point where they don't even kiss, but they'll have, like, just this barbarian whipping a guy for 30 seconds. (laughs) But that's okay. Children need to see the horrors of the world. They shouldn't see the good things in the world. It should just be the bad things. So they turn to God, and they're scared of the world, and God gives them comfort. That's what it's all about. So... I don't know. What did you think of this movie? Uh, well, it was better than A Murder of Innocence, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it was a reprieve for sure. I thought the characterization of the hero and the love interest and the king uh, was real clear. The action was 100%. <laughs> yeah, it was dialed up to 100%, absolutely, yeah. Um, we, did, we didn't talk about the voice acting at all. Yeah, because who cares? Like, okay. I mean, I guess the thing is, like, so the Pendra- when the pen at the start when the Pendragon's village is destroyed and his-, and his dad's killed, he has a younger sister that he like can't find after he gets like put into slavery and he's like ah, I can't find my sister and he's spending the whole movie like is my sister alive is she okay but we as the audience know she's alive because she's narrating the movie as an old woman the whole time and I'm like oh well I don't care about the sister because I know she makes it through because I'm hearing her voice this entire movie telling me what's going on. The movie, the story of the Pendragon occurs over a period of time. It's a period like it, piece. It seems to be years. Does it? I, I have no idea. I mean, it takes time to go to a I, battle, I guess. Oh Well, back in the day, these things happened over years, not days. Yeah, there's a crusade. I, 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 ass, I assume that he like grows a goatee. They're trying to like say that this happens over a long period of time. So I'm expecting like a teenage... Uh, sister at the end of the movie. Oh, I see what you're but, saying. <laughs> yeah, but no, we we just get yeah. the same same girl, little girl, mm-hmm. wearing the same outfit, looking exactly the same. And yeah. but you know, years have gone by. And he's just like, oh, you're exactly as I remember you. So the pen dragon must die in that fire, and then just like fant- the re- end of the movie is just like a f- the last bursts of electricity in his brain before his body is incinerated. Yeah, and the voiceover we're hearing of the sister throughout the old whole movie is an angel, a ghost. Yeah, yeah, it's the sound of fire crackling in his ears, and he's misinterpreting it as a beautiful woman's voice. I'm glad we figured that out. That makes a lot of sense. It really recontextualizes the whole movie and makes me love it now. I already love it, and I, I can't wait to see more out of the Burns clan. Ooh, you won't. There won't be any more. That's it. Probably. No. I watched Beyond the Mask 2 coming out next summer. I watched or I read and an, like an article about the whole family and about this and about Chad and about the movie making process and he's like we're just getting started. I can't wait to like to show you guys what we got coming out next. And I looked and it was like you haven't made a, you haven't done anything in 7 years. I have my doubts that there's going to be more from you, but maybe there will be. Who knows. I guess there was 7 years between Pendragon and Beyond the Mask, so we're kind of right in line for the next Burns Brothers production, maybe? And Dr. Chad worked on a Kendrick film. Yeah, the Kendrick brothers did help, like, they helped with Beyond the Mask or Behind the Mask or Beyond whatever. They Beyond were like, Behind the Mask. Yeah, they were, like, they counseled and they, like, were supervisors on that movie. So he has, like, a connection to real Hollyweird royalty, which is nice. I think they're molding them to be the next Kendrick uh, brothers. Uh, I think they're taking them under their wing, and we're going to see a plethora of Beyond the Masks 
in the near future. Probably ten years, but near future. Instead <laughs> of taking them under their wing, more like taking them under their wang, you know? <laughs> hey, here's a credit at the end I was confused by. Character mm-hmm. sponsors. Yes, I have that note. I I have no idea what that is. I have no idea what that is either. Some of the, like they list a bunch of the characters and then there's a colon and then a business afterwards which sponsored them, but Pendragon was sponsored by Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> so either the hacking collective sponsored him or I guess just his daddy did or something. Like it's just what is a character sponsor though? I don't understand what that means. Well, what I thought they meant by character sponsor was the voice actors that they dubbed a lot of this film with. But then I saw business names, and I was very confused. And then I looked up slightly and saw Anonymous and was even more confused. Why Why have that? What is happening? I don't know. And when we, when we eventually have Dr. Chad Burns on the podcast, we will ask him. Uh, first of all, we'll quiz him on all Bible verses just to see how legit he is. But then secondly, we'll ask him what is a character sponsor and how do we get them for our show? Yeah, we need to turn this into our fortune. Exactly. Right now we're not making nearly enough money. We can't even afford to take the Heller method. So until we do, we want to, we want to, we want to so bad, but until then I love you. I love you. We We love love you. you. The P, the U, the R, the E, the B, the O, the Y, the S, it's Pure Boys. Hold up, it's Pure Boys. Yeah, I got two throats. The P, the U, My the R, the E, count. the B, the O, yeah. the Y, the what S, it's Pure Boys. Hold up, it's Pure Boys. Say what?